last week, we started this series in the book of Proverbs, and we noticed how Solomon wrote down wisdom for right living. He said, this is the way that God has created everything, and there is a way that we ought to live based on his design. And there's many different aspects about this is wise living in certain areas of our life. But the overall theme of the book of Proverbs is wisdom. In fact, Eugene Peterson, in his introduction to Proverbs and his message, he writes this, wisdom has to do with becoming skillful in honoring our parents and raising our children and handling our money and conducting our sexual lives and going to work and exercising leadership, using words well and treating friends kindly, eating and drinking healthily, cultivating emotions within ourselves and attitudes towards others that makes for peace. And threaded through all of these items is the insistence that the way we think of and respond to God is the most practical thing we can do. In matters of everyday practicality, nothing, absolutely nothing, takes precedence over God. And Proverbs concentrates on these concerns more than any other book of the Bible. And so you see wisdom, wisdom, wisdom repeated throughout this book. Now, I quickly want to tell you three myths that some people have about wisdom. And the first is this, that if you're old, you're wise. All right? Sometimes we just think, hey, someone who's older, like they've got all these years, that obviously makes them wise, but maybe you know someone that isn't quite so wise or maybe a little more foolish. Maybe they really don't understand how life works. Or you could see someone who is younger and you're like, they actually have some wisdom. Maybe you've heard the saying, you're wise beyond your years. And so just because you're old, it doesn't mean that you're wise. Here's myth number two. If you're smart, you're wise. Like, that's not true either. You can have a very high IQ and still make some very unwise decisions, like not knowing this is what I ought to do in life. Here's myth number three, that if you're educated, you're wise. Like, just because you've read lots of things and taken lots of classes and have extra letters behind your name, it doesn't automatically make you wise. And that all is because wisdom and knowledge are different. The point of knowledge is to fill your brain with as much information as possible to help you make decisions. But the point of wisdom is to enable you to live this life with God that glorifies him. And you could argue that there is more knowledge on this earth than ever before with our technology that we have. But you might also argue that we live in one of the most unwise generations of all time, of the decisions that people make. And I don't know if you've ever come across one of those, let's just call them a dumb warning on some sort of product that you're like, why does this even have to be put on there? Like, you know that someone attempted this and so they chose to put this on there. Or you know that someone like a company is protecting themselves from that one person that just might try to use this item in a certain way. Or they're trying to protect themselves from someone that might say, well, I didn't know this could happen. And so they have to put these warnings on their product. And so here are 10 warnings that kind of fall under that kind of category of, really, you have to put that there? So on a brass fishing lure with a three-pronged hook, pronged hook on the end, it warns harmful if swallowed. Okay, harmful if swallowed. I don't know who would ever think about that, but okay. There's a smoke detector, and it warns, do not use the silence feature in emergency situations. It will not extinguish a fire. So you think about, okay, I'm going to stop the fire by turning off the, the, the smoke alarm. A label on a baby stroller warns, remove child before folding stroller for storage. That's helpful. A can of self-defense pepper spray warns, it may irritate eyes. 
So watch that. A letter opener reads, safety goggles recommended. I don't know who's ever worn safety goggles when using a letter, rec- uh, letter opener, but okay. On a NITAL sleep aid, it says, warning may cause drowsiness. All right, so trying to get to sleep, but you may be drowsy. On a toaster, it says, do not use underwater. That's a good label. A Batman cape, it reads, cape does not enable user to fly. And so just in case you think about that, okay, Batman can't fly anyway, but there you go. A warning on an electric drill made for carpenters reads, this product not intended for use as a dental drill. (laughs) Just in case you get the idea, I could be a dentist here. And then the last one, a blowtorch label says, not to be used for drying hair. (laughs) Don't know who would do that, but... As I read these kind of labels, it just reminds me that there's obviously some people that are not wise, okay? Like you have to have these things here. And before jumping into certain areas that we need wisdom in our lives over the next few weeks, again, we're going to look at the broader picture of living our life in wisdom today. And so if you have your Bibles or your devices, turn to Proverbs chapter 2. And I'm going to tell you today, we're going to be all over. There's scriptures all throughout this book about this idea of wisdom. If you're using the Bible app, they're all listed right there in order. But I tell you, I love being able to turn in my Bible and underline things that maybe I've never heard before, just the way it jumps out. And I'll give you time to flip there um, if you're turning your Bible. And so last week I told you that these different topics are spread all throughout the books. You might read a verse on wealth, and then there's a verse on pride, and another one on gossip, and then there comes another verse about wealth. But wisdom, it has the most sets of verses strung together that talk about it. And in a couple of those texts, Solomon actually uses personification to describe wisdom. Now, just in case you don't remember what that big word is, you've never learned it, or it was like learned in high school and it's been a day or two, like what is personification? That means giving human uh, nature or characteristics to an inanimate object. And so the trees of the fields, they clap their hands, or the shadows, they jump out at you, things like that. And so in Proverbs, we're going to see sometimes that wisdom is going to do something kind of like a human would. And so as we're looking at Proverbs, what can we learn about wisdom in general? Well, the first thing is this that God gives wisdom. He is the one that imparts his wisdom to us. If we're to look in chapter 2, verse 6 of Proverbs, here's what Solomon writes. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Like we understand that wisdom comes from God. We can learn, we can understand because he allows us to do so. This actually reminds me of a verse in the New Testament in James chapter one, verse five, where James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. Wisdom comes from God and we should ask him for it. There's a lot of times where we're at a CIY move or mix that we as adults pray just over all of our students, God, will you also give us wisdom today as we lead? And God's wisdom, it is far greater than we can imagine. In 1 Corinthians 1.25, it says, for the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. And that verse kind of puts us in our place. It reminds us who really is supreme. Which also brings us back to Proverbs and turn to chapter 21. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 30 is just one verse again that reminds us about God and He's the one that is full of wisdom. And so in verse 30 of chapter 1, here's what Solomon writes It says, There is no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against the Lord. 
Like there is nothing that you and I can come up with that will be able to stand against the ways of God. His ways will always win out in the long run. And if I'm trying to figure out where I want to be when I am living this life, I want to stand on the side of the wisdom of God. Now, also, with this idea that God gives wisdom, we also learned that wisdom calls out to us, like it wants us to know it. Go back to chapter 9 in Proverbs. Here's one of those sections that has a lot of verses strung together talking about wisdom. So verses 1 through 6 of chapter 9 is what Solomon tells us here. And he says this, "'Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out its seven pillars.'" She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her maids and she calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come in here. She says to those who lack judgment, come eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of understanding. And so in this text, we read that wisdom, she is prepared for her guests to be able to come. She is calling out from this high point of the city. In fact, other places in Proverbs, wisdom goes to these public places, these prominent places so that people may hear. She sends out her maids with this message. We want you to come to be able to hear what I have for you. Wisdom's invitation is open to everyone. And she says, come to me, you who are lacking judgment, you who are simple, you who are naive, you who are gullible, come to me, leave the ways that you are living right now and learn from me. He says, I will lead you to this banquet that I have prepared. I will lead you to this good life if you listen to my ways. But if you were to continue in chapter 9 at the end, you're also going to see this lady named Folly. Folly is crying out for people to follow her as well. And in our world full of noise, both wisdom and folly, they are crying out. And the question is, Who will you listen to? Who will you follow? Here's the third thing that we learn about wisdom from Proverbs. We learn that wisdom is a blessing. Wisdom is a blessing. Turn to chapter 3, starting at verse 13. I'll tell you, whenever I read this text, it takes me back to high school and and a song that we used to sing that all was about God and His wisdom. Verses 3 through 15 of chapter 3, here's what Solomon writes about wisdom. Blessed is the man who finds wisdom the man who gains understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies and nothing you desire can compare with her. Wisdom is so precious. It is a blessing. It is worth more than any costly gem or amount of money you could have. As nice as those things are, they can't compare to what living in the wisdom of God can bring. Last week, I watched a, a sermon one time by uh, Alex Kendrick, who he's made multiple videos uh, that have gone to the big screen. And he said in his speech, if you ask me if I can have a million dollars or I can have the favor of God on my life, every single time I am going to choose the favor of God. I want his hand upon my life. And the same thing here, we're looking at these scriptures. I would rather have the wisdom of God in my life than any amount of riches. As we're talking about wisdom, turn over to chapter 4, just one chapter later, verse 7. And here again is what Solomon talks about with this idea of wisdom being a blessing. It says, wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. 
So wisdom, it really is so important. Even if it costs you everything, pursue it because it will lead you to a life that is better than anything else ever could. And I would imagine that you've probably never really just stopped and thought about the benefits of wisdom. You've probably never just gone, why is wisdom really that important? But if you think about it with wisdom, there comes learning and discernment. discernment. You know when to use caution, how to have self-control, and how to live in humility. You know, from the outside, when you're looking at someone who maybe is wise, you see someone who is willing to be led or guided, someone who listens to a rebuke, someone who's willing to change, someone who plans, at least plans well enough. Maybe you don't have everything planned out. You see good decisions being made at home and at work in friendships. And even amongst strangers, the way that they hold themselves amongst people they don't know, you still see something different about them because wisdom is such a big deal. And Solomon, he even specifies, here's some results that come in your life as you pursue wisdom. One is that wisdom gives patience. It gives patience. Go to chapter 19, verse 11. Chapter 19, verse 11, and I will give you time to do that. I'll be patient. I will show wisdom by waiting. (laughs) Chapter 19, verse 11. And it simply says this, a man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. And I would imagine that there are wisdoms, uh, wisdom moments that you wish you could have gone back and held on to. Like there are certain uh, situations that you responded to, maybe not the way that you wish you would have. Like, and it was an abrupt emotional decision, and maybe it brought about regret. But you're like, ah, if I would have lived in wisdom instead. Like, living in wisdom, it allows you to forgive. It even helps you to go, there are certain things in life <clears throat> that aren't such a big deal. Like, there are things that I'm going to post my flag on, and this is ultimate and important. But even if you believe this, I'm not going to get all angry about this, that you believe something different. Like that comes with wisdom because patience is right there with it. And so maybe there's moments that you wish you could have back. Maybe there are other moments that you look and go, man, I was able to respond patiently because I was living in the wisdom of God. Wisdom gives patience. But wisdom also protects you. Like we see this time and time again in the book of Proverbs. Go to chapter 2. We're going to read verses 10 and 11 about this idea of wisdom protecting us as we live. Chapter 2, verse 10 and 11 says this, For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you, and understanding will guard you. And so from this text, you see that as I'm living in the wisdom of God, there's protection and there's this idea of being guarded. And then the text continues on in verses 12 through 19 here. It says, Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men from men whose words are perverse, who leave the straight paths to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. It will save you also from the adulteress, from the wayward wife with her seductive words, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. For her house leads down to death and her paths to the spirits of the dead." None who go to her return or attain the paths of life. 
Like here we see this protection, and a little bit specifically, it will protect you from falling into the paths of these wayward men, of these men who want nothing but evil. Like when you're living in wisdom, it'll go, I'm not going down that path. It will also protect you from going down the adulteress's path that leads to death, going, man, there's nothing good that goes this way. When I choose to live with wisdom, it protects me. In chapter 4, verse 6 of Proverbs is our next verse. Chapter 4, verse 6, here's what Solomon says. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. So again, you hear this protection, this idea of being watched over as we live in the wisdom of God. Turn to chapter 13. Chapter 13, verse 14. This proverb says this, The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life, turning a man From the snares of death. So now, not only wisdom, but when people are teaching this wisdom, it brings life. It protects you from the snares that are out to get you. Maybe some of those snares that the evil men have set up. And the last verse in this section, chapter 15, verse 24, says this The path of life leads upward for the wise to keep him from going down to the grave. So as I live in wisdom, my path is pointing me upward. It is keeping me away from this which is death. And so wisdom, it will keep you from making some not-so-smart decisions that really do affect your life long-term. It can save you from a lot of pain, and not only yourself from pain, but it can also save those around you from pain. When you are choosing to make wise decisions And that has good consequences for your family and your friends and your work, as opposed to when you make unwise decisions. And so living with wisdom really does protect us. Here's what also it does. Wisdom gives you hope. It gives you hope. And there's only one verse we're looking at here. Chapter 24, verse 14. Chapter 24, verse 14. And Solomon says this. Know also that wisdom is sweet to your soul. If you find it, there is a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. He says wisdom is sweet. It is something that we desire. It is something that we need, and it brings about this future hope that won't be cut off. And you and I as Christians, we can read that in light of eternity, that we have a hope that cannot be cut off. But at the exact same time, this verse means for living this life on this earth right now as well, that when we live in wisdom, we can have a hope of how things are going to turn out because we're living this the way that God wants us to. Wisdom gives you hope. Wisdom also brings honor. It brings honor to our lives. Turn back to chapter 4 of Proverbs. Chapter 4, we're going to read verses 8 and 9. By now you feel like you've gone all through this book, but 4, verses 8 and 9. Again, there's been a wisdom wisdom verse in in verse 7 that leads right into this. And so, personification, here we go, verse 8. It says, esteem her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will set a garland of grace on your head and present you with a crown of splendor. By living in wisdom, there's this idea of exalting and honoring and this crown of splendor because of the work ethic that you have as you live in wisdom, because of how you interact with other people, there is success that will come in projects. There is success that you will have in people that is a byproduct of living in wisdom. Now turn over to chapter 9, verse 12. Also, with this idea of wisdom bringing honor, 
9.12 says this, if you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. Again, when we're talking about honor and rewards, when we choose to live the way that God wants us to, there are benefits that come alongside of that. So when we live in wisdom, it brings us honor. And the last thing that wisdom brings us is peace. Wisdom brings peace. Turn to chapter 3. Chapter 3, we're going to be reading verses 16 through 18. And this comes right after that section that we read a while ago about wisdom being far more important than rubies or silver or gold. And so verses 16 through 18 say this, Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Those who lay hold of her will be blessed. And so even in that text, we read about this protection and honor that we've already looked at. But now, man, when you have wisdom, your life will be full of peace. In fact, if you keep reading, jump down to verse 21. Verses 21 through 26 say, My son, preserve sound judgment and discernment. Do not let them out of your sight. They will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck says, then you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being snared. Like when you live this life in wisdom, you don't have to be paranoid. You don't have to be looking over your shoulder because God's got you. He is your confidence. And man, you look at the, around at this world and people living in fear and anxiety. And God says, if you live, if you live in my wisdom, there is nothing that will bring you peace the way that I can. And so wisdom from God, it calls to you. It's a blessing. It gives you patience and hope and peace and honor and it protects you. Here's the last thing that I would tell you about wisdom from the book of Proverbs, that you should not reject wisdom. Don't reject wisdom. Go back to chapter 1, and starting in verse 20, Solomon writes this. And even my heading says, warning against rejecting wisdom. It says this, Wisdom calls aloud in the street. She raises her voice in the public squares. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. In the gateways of the city, she makes her speech. How long will you simple ones love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? If you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known to you. But since you rejected me when I called... And no one gave heed when I stretched out my hand, since you ignored all my advice and you would not accept my rebuke. I, in turn, will laugh at your disaster. I will mock when calamity overtakes you, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you. And then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me. Since they hated knowledge and they did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not accept my advice and they, had, they spurned my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. 
but whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. And in that text, we hear some of the benefits that we've already looked at, but here we also see people who reject wisdom. And wisdom says, if you would have allowed your hearts to change, if you would have listened to me, I would have led you. But because you rejected my words and my ways, I am not going to jump in when you're calling emergency right now. I'm not going to step in in the last minute. You have to lie in the bed that you have made. And I read that section, and it's not very fun, but you see this being played out again and again in our world, where people are wasting away in their folly, and they are rejecting wisdom, saying, I'm going to live this way. And then they cry out, please help me when they're stuck, or when their way has come to an end, when they're caught. But there's no real desire to change. They simply want that temporary saving. But the truth is that rejecting wisdom in our lives has very real consequences. And when I look at the Bible as a whole, I see this correlation between wisdom and Jesus. That God loves us. He loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you. And he says, choose me. Choose me and you will live. He says, repent and you get to feel my grace. Believe and I will make you new. I will lead you to that heavenly banquet. I will guide you on the path that you're on right now. I will give you true peace no matter the circumstances that you're living in. I will give you a hope that will not be shaken, but you must choose me. And no matter the circumstances, no matter what you have done, if your heart is willing, I will rescue you. But Jesus also says you can choose your own path, that you can be content with who you think you are, that you can sit there pleased in what you think is right, or maybe even what you think is real. You can get caught up in grasping things like money and fame instead of truth. You can make life all about you. But there will be a moment when time is up. Your decision will be made. And as gracious as I am, I am also equally just. And when you die or when I return, you will have missed your chance to be rescued. And that's not a scare tactic, but as we look at this, we hear wisdom and knowledge and truth crying out. And if this is new to you, Man, I would encourage you, please have a conversation with someone at the prayer room or a friend that you know who is a Christ follower or a pastor before you leave because we want you to know Jesus and the hope and the peace that he has. We want you to experience the life that he has for you now and forever. And so I'm gonna pray. And if you need to head over to the prayer room while I'm praying or later on, I would encourage you to do this. And this week, those of us, let us listen for wisdom's call and let us seek God's wisdom in everything we do. Let's pray. God, we simply say thank you for coming in and rescuing us, for doing what we could not do, for coming to this earth, dying this death so that we could have life. God, open our ears to wisdom. May we hear your voice loudly this week amongst all the other noise. May we be in your words seeking that wisdom that brings life. Help us to live with the peace that you have promised as we live with you. And God, we continue to pray for hearts just to, to be opened. Your word says you want to give us a new spirit and a new heart. And so may we be open and receptive to that and experience this life that you have for us. Help us as we live this week to live close to you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.